This may not be the best podcast you've ever listened to, but if you give it a try, you might have an okay time. There's a bug in there. Okay, time episode nine. Today we tonight. It's night time tonight. We are here to talk about uh, th- three things. Uh, we have uh, Sarah with us tonight, and she's going to be um, trying to wrap her head around um, the new Flyers mascot, Gritty, who's not really new anymore. It feels like he's kind of been around our whole lives. Um, I listened to the Sword Winter of Ages, and we'll be talking about that. And Carl listened to uh, Harvey Milk, Life, the best game in town. Just so you know, it's Age of Winters. Didn't I say that? Winter of Ages? Did you really listen to it? <laughs> uh, maybe. I believe you. I just said it backwards, is all. Yeah, that's but... You know, he listened to it backwards. Oh, that's you should, did. That's how you get hit in meeting, meaning meeting. It was a lot of Paul is dead. Okay, can I go first? Yeah, I'm gonna start a timer. Okay, I, I mean, I'm not gonna take up eight minutes. Yes, anyway. you will. You All talk right. for eight minutes. Start. Yeah, we'll okay. sit here in silence. Can you pull a Mr. Rogers on me? Yep. <laughs> okay. So the two of you know, though our listeners may or may not know, that I don't like sports. I don't have anything to do with them. My brain automatically just, you know, starts playing uh, music in my brain if it's on nearby. I just don't pay attention. So I truly, Gritty was 100% new to me. I had not even seen a picture of Gritty until it was assigned <laughs> to me for this podcast. And my first reactions to Gritty, <laughs> I just, I really was wondering if I was alive or not <laughs> because it Gritty. Pinch me. Gritty's the, on TV. <laughs> not even pinch me, but you know, in six feet under where like things that could be happening, but like are just like one degree next to the reality you're living in that you're that like your alive life was like when the dead dad's talking to him. Yeah. Or like when he's playing poker oh, yeah. with that Caribbean lady and then they're laughing and then they start having sex and like, you're like, well, <laughs> That, I mean, like maybe I get, there's no reason that I can think of that that wouldn't have happened in my real life life, <laughs> but I probably am not alive right now. So that is how I felt. I was like, how do I, I it immediately pushed me into an existential crisis of <laughs> how can I know for sure whether or not I'm alive right now? You just made me think of like if Gritty was a character on one of the episodes of <laughs> Six feet under, like he, all he's doing is skating out to introduce himself. He trips and dies, and then the screen goes white. <laughs> and time. All right, so you go, you go, Carl. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So not only did it make me think about, <laughs> did it like, like shake he trips my and dies. <laughs> Kevin just made me blue seltzer out of his nose. <laughs> 
so not only did it make me like shake the foundation of my grip on reality, it also made me like it just begged questions about everything like well why is gritty so weird i mean there's lots of weird looking mascots what is particularly weird about gritty what should a mascot be uh why does it even have to make sense um and then i felt like gritty suddenly i started feeling like really deep about it like gritty of course is the perfect mascot right now this moment in time which like constantly feels like you're being mind fucked and you're like is this really really happening so um it kind of reminded me of this thing i kind of knew about but then i had to research to get the details right which was um in 1996 there um a physicist named alan sokol published a text called transgressing the boundaries toward a transformative hermeneutic 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 what? I can't <laughs> hermeneutic <laughs> what? <laughs> get it say it right hermeneutics that's the um, towards toward uh transformative hermeneutics oh I've heard of that that's um it's new it's like nudicles right uh, the fuck what? are you guys talking about? <laughs> uh, quantum <laughs> gravity. Okay, hermeneutics. I feel like I'm missing a, sil- a syllable there, and now it's going to be on the internet forever. But That's anyway, right. let me just so, let you know real quick that nudicles is um, fake dog testicles that you can have implanted if they've been uh, neutered. Nudicles. <sighs> oh. So anyway, he publishes this <laughs> and it, it, he's a scientist, he's a physicist, and in it he quoted a bunch of um, super liberal feminist epistemologists who at the time, and also philosoph- philosophers of science, who at the time were talking about like, well, how do we really know what a thing is because so much of our senses are informed by social construct. And so he published a paper in which a physicist, a scientist did where he was like, you know what? They're right. Actually, science doesn't have any actual uh, like ground to stand on in terms of understanding what our physical world is, except the whole thing. And it was published, but the whole thing was a parody. Uh, so he wrote it. He wanted to see if he could get it published. He did. And then he wanted to see how long it lasted before the, you know, the world of academics figured out that he was making a joke. Well, it was kind of a joke, but he was also like, well, I'm a liberal, uh, but if this is where we are right now, where we're saying that we can't even trust in science, what ground do we even have to sci- stand on? Anyway, it was a big deal. This was in the 90s. And then it came back up into, you know, discussion when Donald Trump was elected because, uh, I had to stop. uh, Jonathan Chait in New York Magazine said that he was a living, breathing Sokol hoax, hoax on the Republican Party. Damn. Which brings me back to Burn. Gritty, okay? Because Donald Trump is not a hoax. Gritty is not a hoax. That paper was a hoax, but it's the sort of thing that makes you, its very existence reveals assumptions and boundaries that you didn't even know that you had about things. So 
Greedy had me asking big questions about like, well, who, where, in my very minimal understanding of sports, where did I have the unspoken rule that a mascot's eyes have to be looking in the same direction <laughs> at one time? Why, why did I feel so confident that a mascot should act not drunk? Like, <laughs> where is that coming from? And also, I of all people who... To say I don't care about sports actually isn't even true because they irritate me and I kind of hate them. So I care about them enough to be put off. And they're so absurd and they're such an like absurd waste of money and resources in my mind. Um, I'm Go open burns. to disagreement. Yeah. But in a world where we spend trillions of dollars on professional sports and teachers have to have two jobs. Yeah. Why would Gritty... <clears throat> Be anything but a bizarre, drunk, <laughs> nightmare Muppet. <laughs> bizarre, drunk, nightmare Muppet. Why would he be anything different? He, he's the, this is like, I don't even know what gender pronouns he uses, they use. He doesn't, it, it's just Gritty. The time before Gritty was here and now the time after. Gritty, yeah. <clears throat> gritty is also his, it's his name and his pronoun. And I yeah. heard that they were going to change BC to BG. Before Gritty. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I was so busy like looking up my nerdy stuff that Gritty reminded me of. I didn't really get a feel. How does the world feel about Gritty? Uh, most people are on board. At, like outside of Philadelphia, people are on board too? or Except for Pittsburgh, like Penguins, Pittsburgh Penguins fans. Yeah, they, they made that funny Photoshop thing that you yeah, showed me, right? But, and most people are on board with all the memes and then just Gritty being Gritty. What's crazy is if if Gritty was on purpose, like it's not a joke. They weren't trying to make a funny thing. Um, that's I don't one, think that's possible. <clears throat> that's one thing. Right. So I don't, I don't really believe that, which leads me to believe that they set out to make a viral thing yeah and they succeeded real hard yeah it's all i've talked about for a week and a half it's been i think it was more whimsical than that it was i think it was a bob ross happy accident and it just the stars aligned and then gritty came somebody but, um, but what makes him so i don't i can't identify what makes him weirder than like whatever that phillies thing is yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's pretty in line with the Phillies baseball thing. And I guess right, totally. And I, I've seen the fanatic um, since fanatic. I was a kid. I had a fanatic puppet when I was like four or five. So to me, the fanatic is not weird at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see, especially if you like moved here from Sweden or something. The fanatic would also be terrifying, right? Maybe not quite as he's not as unhinged. I mean, he's yeah. he's pretty wacky and wild, but he doesn't. He just seems like he's having a good time, not like he's um, been up all night. Gritty. Yeah, he seems he seems weird in a safe way. Where is gritty <laughs> yeah. like yeah. like is gritty gonna like? Is he going to pull your pants down? Is he going to steal your wallet? <laughs> right. Did he just move into your garage? Like, who knows? Gritty doesn't have you a know? mortgage payment. I don't know. He definitely doesn't. But like, there's not, I, but I can't put my finger on what is it about Gritty that is so unruly. But 
Well, give us a closing thought because we're at your time. Um, my closing thought is, um, am I alive? Okay. I got to find out uh, what happens in this book. So I got to go. You don't want to stay for the rest of the episode? Give us a... I mean, I do enjoy listening to them. Well, should we do a song of the week? Oh, for me? You got to tell me if you want me to do these oh, things. Okay, we won't. Well, you don't have to. Um, you don't have to do it. I do have a song that I like a lot right now, but I don't think it's on Spotify. So that's a that's all challenge. Right. Speak um, your truth. Gritty Wood. <laughs> does he have a voice? I don't know. It's like God. <laughs> Gritty speaks through all of us. Okay, so you had me listen to Harvey Milk's Life, dot, 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 the best game in town. I don't know if you're supposed to read the periods out loud, but I like to. <laughs> Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Question mark? <laughs> Quotation. Uh, what uh, was your introduction to this band? When did you listen for the first um, time? Tell me about that. I'm having trouble uh, remembering. I'm not sure. That's called the gritty effect. <laughs> right. I don't know, but I just uh, fell in love with them and um, I saw them play in like, oh, eight ish, oh, nine, something like that. And uh, I think it was right when this album came out. Right. Yeah, it came I, don't, out in I don't think they put anything else out since. Um they might not even be a band anymore. Just doing some preliminary research. They they were more active in the decade before that. And then this album kind of came like several years after their, their one before that. So it was kind of cool to learn that that had happened. Yeah, right. It was like um, mid, mid to late 90s uh, to like early 2000s, I guess, was like the the bulk of their activity. And then all, all of a sudden, like Haley's Comet... Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, like I said, I had no interaction with them at all. I, I'm surprised after listening to it so many times this week that I hadn't encountered it before because it's definitely up my alley um, genre-wise. Mm. Uh, the first th reaction that I had listening to it was like, oh, this, this sounds like the Melvins kind of, right? And mm. I think that that's, so prevalent. And then in fact, when I looked on their Wikipedia, it in quote says in quotes, while Harvey Milk, while I can't talk, while Harvey Milk invariably draws comparisons to the Melvins due to their penchant for slow, heavy riffs, dot, dot, dot. So I thought that was funny that it, it it's similar enough that they have it on their Wikipedia. And they also um, shared a member. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like um, Joe Preston was in the Melvins in long time ago. And when they toured on this, I think Joe Preston plays on this record and, and toured with them. I don't remember if he was at the show I saw. I feel like he wasn't, but, um, do you know who Joe Preston is? No, I could lie and say I do. He, um, he had a solo project called, uh, Thrones, which, um, would be a great assignment for you. So don't check them out. We'll, we'll revisit that. Okay. Uh, I had no idea, uh, that they shared a member and that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that was 
kind of a happy surprise, like Bob Ross, again, to quote him, uh, happy accident happy was learning. Happy little birthday to you. That they came from the Athens scene. So mm-hmm. they're, they're best friends with Michael Stipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they played the REM song, uh, album Reckoning in its entirety for an April Fool's show. And Michael Stipe was just there watching oh, it. Oh, that's fun. So I think that's kind of hilarious. I, I mean, I would assume that he probably knew, but if he didn't know it was coming, that's great. That's really funny. They probably sounded so awesome playing an REM record. I, I would assume anything that's outside of uh, the realm of that they exist in would be interesting to see live. Uh, I also th- was thinking a lot about Red Fang, mm. parts of Red Fang when I first heard them. Uh, obviously, Red Fang came pretty far after yeah. Harvey Milk. That's that's kind of what I was thinking right away. So overall, I think it was a. If I'm just talking through the way I felt about it, it was still, you know, a little surprising. Slow and steady goodness. Uh, it's like when you're on the on ramp on the, to the freeway, you're going really slow, about 25, because that's the speed limit. Don't go over that. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden, you just lead foot it, and you're fucking going up to 80, because that don't, it takes about 40 seconds before. Because I didn't know what kind of music they played, so the first song. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, it took you it on just, a ride. It, Oh, it took me on a ride. Like, <laughs> it sounds like a Christmas song at first, doesn't it? It's like, oh, this is a nice holiday. Actually, oh man, I totally forgot this. Uh, there's this. There was this YouTube show that I'll figure out what it was called, but it was um, where they have some people at a diner checking out different. Uh, punk bands and Mm -hmm. there's like some senior citizens checking out harvey milk and when they start with that first song and they're like oh this is nice sounds like a christmas song (laughs) and and it like lays into it and they they're not as into it that's great yeah please try to find it i will that's wonderful yeah so that was kind of my reaction except instead of being horrified like the senior citizens i was like oh yeah like uh what's his face macho man randy savage you snapped into a oh yeah Uh, the the first thing that I want to acknowledge, though, it's because I, I don't know why bands do this. They name themselves after people or cities or states or things, and it just makes them harder to Google. And <laughs> right. Because, yeah. I mean, you have to, if you add the word band, like you get it. But, I've, and Harvey Milk gets a pass because they started in the early 90s before Google was really a thing. But they probably also don't have that much on the internet about them. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, Harvey Milk was the first openly gay politician. Uh, ever elected to, I don't, I think office in general, certainly uh, an office that high. Yeah. But I don't know if, if there is any other reasoning why they chose the name. I I didn't see that, but. Well, that seems, I mean, to me, I've never heard them like interviewed about it or I don't have any information on that, but it does seem to be like the most radical thing you could do being a Southern band. And, True. I mean, they're from like a liberal pocket in right. the South, but still, you're surrounded by sort of mm, narrow points of view, I would think, down there. Mason Dixon fanatics. <laughs> Not like the Philly fanatic at all. Oh, my God. Outside of burning the Confederate flag, yeah, it's probably one of the few things you could do to start a fire down there. Yeah. 
So, yeah, but even bands that we've covered on here, like Spray Paint, I mean, you make it just harder for people to find your music. Not that it's that hard to just add band, but that's just one thing I think about. Uh, the artwork I want to talk about because it made me laugh. It's just like, hey, hey, uh, dude, just take a picture of my wall in my apartment. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. So there's a sombrero hanging on the wall. <laughs> there's some like loose, loosely uh, tied down Christmas lights hanging from the ceiling. Look like they're about to fall down. There's a Iron Maiden poster that's <laughs> about to fall off. Uh, and it kind of just, to me, symbolized that just like, hey, that's life, baby. Yeah, deal with it. I don't know. <laughs> Lucy Goosey. Uh, I was into it. I was into it. Yeah, sometimes it's interesting how that can work so well sometimes. And other times I'll see, I'll hear good records and be like, you, you threw together some nonsense for the artwork. Right. It does. It's it's too, I don't know. Sometimes just magic, uh, lightning strikes. And it did with that. Art. That beauty is in the eye of the beholder, obviously, but I agree. Like sometimes you can just be like, well, oh, they didn't really put much thought into that, but it feel here. It does feel like they did. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's speaks for itself to, um, it just feels so uh, irreverent, right? Like, Oh, you're going to, pay an artist to make this precious thing for the cover of your record. We're going to take a picture of Creston's wall. Creston's the singer guitarist. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So digging that a little bit of thoughts on the sound itself to me. uh, It's a, it's like a thick stew. It's not in a hurry. It just needs to sit there in the crock pot and cook all day in its own juices. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it's not in a hurry. They're like very patient. Yeah, and I think is that that's like something you could attribute to doom metal almost yeah. like right like that it's slow, yeah. um, but I and I I don't know the effect the tone the like the effects pedal that they're using there but or even if they but it sounds like uh, there's so many I don't know I would I would be saying something incorrect but the tone that they're getting on everything I'm it's very very thick and enjoyable. That sounds weird to say. Ah, thick and enjoyable, mm, like a fine stew. <laughs> um, it's like a clam chowder, really. Just the uh, the way that record is produced is it's a, it's great. Kind of slow and droney for the most part. Kind of what you could consider, I suppose, stoner metal riffs. But they act, they get cooking with fire in a couple of songs. <laughs> yeah, at least it'll get proggy on you all of a sudden. Yeah, they they're pretty technical too. I feel like. Mm-hmm. You, if you just hear parts of a song and then walk off, you might have a certain feeling or thought about the way the rest of the album sounds. But then if you stick around, you'd be pleasantly surprised. Um, they also have a couple songs where the piano is used really effectively. Mm. Uh, the first song, obviously, Death Goes to the Winner. And in the song Roses, which are two that I added to the list, the third one that I added to the list is called Decades. Uh, there's also weird just weird sound effects sprinkled throughout at the very end of the album there's a like a looney tunes like theme that they play and then a huge gong and then it just closes out the album yeah um and one of the songs there's like a missy elliott backwards noise like a if you were to hit a drum and play it backwards and there's singing over that i'm gonna i'm calling it the missy elliott because of this affirmative is when yet uh, do that song do what now affirmative is when yet 
What's that song called? <laughs> I don't know. I just saw her, like was thinking about it because this woman, this like 60 year old lady in the South was at karaoke and did it. And then she was on Ellen with Missy Elliott singing. And I love that. Oh, that's hilarious. You're watching uh, Ellen? No, she was on Ellen because it was such a hit of her singing karaoke to Missy Elliott. Yeah, and but she's you so were good. watching Ellen? You found the YouTube clip. Oh. Nothing wrong with Ellen. Uh, uh, no, nothing wrong with Ellen. I'm. I would just be surprised if you were watching her show. I don't seek it out, but I like what I like when she does stuff like that. Uh, other couple thoughts here. The they have a song that's the third one on the record. After all, I've done for you. This is how you repay me. Just an instrumental, but this is not one I would consider a filler. And the reason is because it's not just oh, yeah, something there. Like well, it's not just something that they're like fucking around in the studio and they record it and then they just throw it in the album. This is well thought out, well executed. You can tell they spent some time writing it. So I wouldn't call that a filler. That's just an instrumental song. All killer. So that's the difference. All <laughs> no filler, all killer. So an interlude that Carl approves. Interlude is a good word to call that. Correct. The lyric, uh, the lyrics, I really, besides a couple of the songs, I, it was really hard to decipher. So I'm just going to say, yeah, I don't know. Exist- existential wonder and chaos. I don't know, man. <laughs> the first one he's talking about like Christmas lights. And then he's like, he says, yo, I'm alive and uh, life is the best game in town, but death goes to the winner. So you can, I mean, I, I understand that. But at the end of that song, he says, why? W- woke up out of bed, put a pistol to my head and then a, a, well, single piano note rings out. So there's a lot of that's intense, an intense moment in that song or in, on that record. Yeah, that's what Gritty says before bed. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, another chaotic mess of a day. Another gritty day. <laughs> he sounds like Christian Bale's Batman. Then you're gonna love me. <laughs> uh, I'll do my haiku and then give you please my score. My score. Slow and steady now. Be sure to sneak past the dog. Oh no, fire. Ah! <laughs> Love it. That's your I think that might be your best one yet. Thanks. It's my third one, so improve. Uh so five bugs in there. I don't know. It's just, I think you know what I like now and you keep giving me good goodness, but yeah, five bugs in there for me. Loved it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, introduce Age of Winters. Yeah, so I had you listen to the Swords Age of Winters, which you incorrectly said backwards at the beginning of the show. I can forgive you for that. This is a little uh, foreshadowing. I knew the yeah. Missy Elliott thing was going to come up. So as primitive as when yet. Uh, I believe it's their first album. I don't. I'm looking, and I think Paul that's correct. Gonna, yeah, that's right. From 2006. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think I ever saw the sword live. I think they're from Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they came through San Diego when I was living there, but I think that, yeah, they probably played there. It's possible I could have seen them, but I feel like I just was introduced to them by somebody I was rolling around with down there. Uh, but I on the floor, on the floor. Yeah. We, we all got <laughs> in, in groups of like 20 and just rolled around <laughs> on the floor. That's a weird way to party, man. Yep. Especially in parks, you know, down hills and stuff. <laughs> it gets real weird in San Diego. It gets weird real quick. 
Um, so I think that's how I was introduced to them. But, you know, there's a lot of sounds and that style, the style of music that the sword plays is uh, the kind that I enjoy. I think it takes a little bit of getting used to because his voice is special. So it's either you like that or you don't. But yeah, they have very, very memorable riffs. So I, that's what I think stands out about them. So interested to hear what you think. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's. I was surprised that, um, or look, looking back, I'm surprised that this is a band I never got into. Um, they, I've known about them and I, I feel like I've listened to this record before, but I, it didn't sound particularly familiar. So probably not many times. Um, some of the, when I was, uh, researching them, there were some genre names that I, um, some that I've heard before, one that I hadn't, which I think is kind of an interesting name. Uh, they were calling it like, um, retro metal, but then some people refer to it as heritage metal, which just sounds so dignified. Um, it does. And so, yeah, they, I guess they, <clears throat> for me, the, the points of reference are, um, that band graveyard, which, I believe started the same year or within a year or two. Very, they're like contemporaries. Um, and then like sleep and high on fire, um, sort of one sludgier, one more, uh, methy, but definitely it was an interesting experience because on paper I should love this band, but I did find it challenging. Like I, the guitar playing is it's phenomenal the songwriting is really great and yet there was something about it 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 felt it felt kind of cold to me and like hard to access and i think the you you mentioned the vocalist i think the vocalist was part of it it just Mm -hmm. um it like didn't feel like it had that much personality like it was kind of a standard stoner rock style right i did find that the it it made really great background music for i i put it on several times while i was at work and it was it was nice to kind of just have it on not be paying too much attention but occasionally get hooked by a part or a riff um and it's I had sort of negative associations with them and I'm not sure why I'm thinking that maybe they, they had a song on guitar hero, right? They did. I think it was from this, this record too. Uh, Freya. I think it was Freya. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I, there's, um, this band Valiant Thor that, um, Ryan and I knew one of the guys in that band and they had a song on guitar hero. And when, when I realized that I was really excited for them and thought it was really awesome. And then I have this lasting feeling with the sword. I'm, it, it feels like, Ooh, like do you guys, all, <laughs> do you guys also have, do you have a song in a minivan commercial? Um, yeah, that's, that's hard when that starts to happen. I know that the sword has their own hot sauce too in Austin, which is interesting. Do they? Spicy. It's spicy. Like, yeah, um, they do. So does the dude from, um, what's that band? Um, uh, that oh, that one. <laughs> the Offspring. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, 
I wouldn't try that. It's called like something gringo, flaming gringo, or I don't remember something gringo. The singer of the from the Offspring looks remind. He looks like Guy Fieri. Who's Guy? Guy Fieri. Who's that? Who is that? You know who Guy Fieri is. Come on. Oh, is that the um, celebrity chef? Killer nachos. I'll take you to Flavor Town. Oh, the singer looks like him. Yeah, Google this Offspring singer, oh, and then Google he does Guy have Fieri. That kind of same chia pet hair yeah so yeah i had some (laughs) i had some resistance to this record although i think it's a really good record um i kind of had i had a similar experience to when i told sarah to listen to all dogs and she did a review um where she ended up talking about getting into yowler instead um so the the sword kind of got me reinterested in some of those bands that I, that I got into around the time that I became aware of the sword, which was, um, graveyard, uh, high on fire sleep. Um, high on fire has a record coming out in like a week, maybe less, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Sometime in October, Graveyard put out a record that I had never heard in 2018. So I was getting like excited to listen to that. I've not listened to either of those bands. Sorry. Um, well, you know, sleep. I think, yeah, uh, maybe it sounds familiar. Yeah. All right. Well, you, I think you would like all those bands. Um, I will check them out. No, but then this is like a, this is a record that I would, put on if i was cleaning the house this would be fun to listen to or if like you're folding laundry yeah so some um some phrases and faux genres for them environmental tourism metal (laughs) monolith music formaldehyde forward (laughs) <laughs> drug lord science fair vape shop metal <laughs> sleeve of wizard riffs <laughs> and i have a haiku forgive me if it's um i don't mean it to be uh rude but here it goes dude where's my spaceship oh wait i'm riding in it black light carpool lane <laughs> And I would add Iron Swan Lament for the Aurochs, 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 and March of the Lore to the mix. But really, like, on that record, any song is as good as the... They're all good songs. So it was actually... I didn't have to... Like, I wouldn't say those are my the ones that stood out to me that I just picked three because I felt like they're all solid additions to a mix. Thanks dog. The, um, the album art questionable. It's like, um, like, um, you would find it a poster at a store that sells like vape. <laughs> sells vape and maybe, um, like uh, magic, the gathering cards and uh, decorative uh, swords and and maybe uh, 
Would they have throwing stars, maybe? Yeah, it does look <laughs> like a tarot card that a ninja would have. <laughs> or like, yeah. like the ninja yeah. is just a guy that is probably 35 and goes to those uh, Renaissance fairs all the time. Yeah. They, um, some of the other album art, like I loved the Warp Riders cover. I'm looking at it right now. That's really, it's like, feels really successfully retro. Yeah, that does look cool. But whatever, you know, we can't, um, not every band can make a, a cover that I accept in my life. Yeah, so I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, the sword, <laughs> I reject this cover. <laughs> hey, who knows? Some I didn't even tag the... Super unison, but they liked my tweet about the last episode because I wrote their name out on Twitter. So, are they sweeping Twitter for their name? You can easily do a search for like when someone uses a phrase on Twitter. Yeah, uh, you get a like sort it into a list. So they probably have a list. Maybe they listen, but they probably turned it off at gritty. I would. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give it uh four. Four bugs in there. I mean, that's still pretty solid. Yeah, because it's, you know, it wasn't not every not every record I'm going to like dive way deep into, but this is one that I had some resistance to, and yet it's obviously solid. Like, who you can't deny those riffs. That's what they say about Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> oh, Hootie. Oh, uh, yeah. You and me, we come from different worlds. That's what Gritty and, and the Fanatic sing to each other. <laughs> Songs of the week. Songs of the week. Do you like the songs of the week song I just made up? Yeah, I'm going to use it. Okay. Take Dig it. I've been on a Max Richter craze of late. Um, he, he did the song, the soundtrack for uh, White Boy Rick. He did the the music for White Boy Rick also. Who did? Um, Max Richter. I've oh, been on a Max yeah. Richter phase. Did you go see him? No, he plays on Sunday, oh. but I don't know that I'm going to be able to make it. Yeah. But he did all of the music for the show, The Leftovers, which I loved and is probably in my top two shows of all time. Yeah. And without his music that show wouldn't have been as effective like some of the scenes and uh his score together just uh tears were flowing for sure uh so i'm gonna pick a song called Nonviolent offender from the white boy rick soundtrack for by max richter give it a listen Nonviolent offender um cool i'm gonna add um my friend john is uh he moved to manchester and um We'll often like text each other when we're into a record, but we, he told me like a month ago, I might not be able to text because I think it's costing me money. Or do you, have you ever used WhatsApp? And Mm. I had not, but I downloaded it and he's the only person I've used it with. It's like a, it's funny. I feel like it's like a tin can uh, on a string situation connected to one person, but um, he, uh, was like, oh yeah, the new uh, Free Jazz Nine Inch Nails record is pretty awesome, and he's right. 
The newest Nine Inch Nails record is super awesome. It's called Bad Witch. And is it a single? Uh, oh, it's an actual record they put out. It's a- like an EP. There's six songs on it. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm going to listen to it tonight. It's real good. And the first two songs are are great. They kind of remind me. It's weird that a little bit of um, Queens of the Stone Age, but like not in any way that is coming to mind probably for you right now. It's it's hard to describe, but there's just something about it that seems a little Quatsa-ish. Mm. But anyway, I want to add um, Ahead of Ourselves from that record. The first song is called Shit Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Awesome. Interesting. What about uh, next week? Oh, next week. Um, you want to do it again? Should we do this again next week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Forever. Uh, <laughs> um, I was thinking... Uh, let me double check the album name. I've been listening to pretty much only three records this week. And Mm -hmm. one of them's that nine inch nails record. And the other one, the one I've been listening to the most this week is by a band called Galge away, which I believe is, um, probably named after a pixie song. Uh, super unison associated with that. Cause I feel like I think they're label mates. Okay, because I feel like I've seen that name in the last week, and it's yeah. I think I think Super Unison's on Deathwish, and uh, okay. so is Galjuway. They have a record that just came out last uh, Friday called Burnt Sugar, and it is great. All right, thanks. How about for me? Uh, I'm going in a different direction for you. I, I, I was having trouble thinking about something, but I would be curious to hear. Your reaction it's it's a good record it's a very very good record but a genre we haven't uh, explored on this podcast italian disco yeah italian disco french uh opera it's a kendrick lamar's album damn i don't know if you're familiar with kendrick lamar but he's he's known for the quality of his lyrics uh he's he's a rapper okay i don't <clears throat> i mean i've heard his name but i don't know anything about him i really like the the story he tells on that record, but, um, it, it's a, it's worth a listen. Um, gives you a good insight into what his life has been like. And, uh, basically like what it's like to be a black person growing up in Los Angeles. I think it's, it's worth listening for that alone, but just the way he tells his stories, I think are really powerful. Is he a, a pretty young guy? Yeah. I don't think he's, I feel like he's got to be like only 25 or something. Let me just. Okay. That's pretty young to be a superstar. Yeah. No, he's 87. So he's got to be like 31. Oh, okay. Still pretty Still young. young. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, Oh, I don't have the button. Thank you for tuning in to OK Time this week. You're welcome. You know, ep- episode nine, that's crazy. Think about that. Wow. Take a minute and just enjoy it. Just show of hands. <laughs> <laughs> Our show is produced by Sarah Taylor Cummings, uh, originally from 
Delaware, which we now live. If you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google or wherever else you do that, because you can't really do it through the Anchor app. I found out or leave a voicemail anymore there. So Ryan. No wonder no, <laughs> nobody got a gift from Sarah. Yeah, no one's going to get anything in the mail unless we start something else. But uh, leave us a review. You can follow us on social media. Me at Carl Grashit on all the other places. YouTube, Anchor, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, C-A-I-R-L. G-R-A-T-I-O-T. And you can follow Steve on Instagram at Hairfort. And you should. Our intro and outro music that you're listening to right this very second is provided by Hokkaido Concern from Newark, Delaware. They hang their coats up in the closet just like the rest of us. Is Gritty gonna, like, is he gonna pull your pants down? Is he gonna steal your wallet?